This episode is brought to you by our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program, a seven-month intensive and personalized growth program coming soon, designed to help you take complete ownership and fully embody a powerful, positive parenting way of life. Join the waitlist now to get instant access to the no-holds-barred cheat sheet, three common mistakes and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered parent. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to join the waitlist where in addition to the free cheat sheet, you'll also get special pricing and other bonuses when the program launches in April. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show. Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so excited to be sitting here today with Dr. Jen Noble, who is a psychologist, a mixed race advocate, a teen parenting coach, and is just so passionate about amplifying marginalized communities. We are so excited that you are here, Dr. Jen. Welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yes, and it's early. We're both in California, yeah. and it's 7 a.m., oh. and um, right. so we're trying to wake up, listeners, so just we might, like, we'll probably get rolling, like, 20 minutes, and then we'll be, like, fully awake, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, but um, today, you guys, Dr. Jen <laughs> is going to just bring beautiful wisdom to our show to um, talk to us about helping children with identity development and parenting mixed-race kids. Um, so awesome. I love that you are so passionate about this subject, Dr. Jen. Um, and I, I specifically love how, um, you know, all of, all of the training that you've had and the incredible work that you've done in the world. Um, I mean, it is amazing. And I love how you, your, your PhD is in clinical psychology, but you have two Mm -hmm. specialty areas, right? So the children and Mm -hmm. adolescent teens, and then also the multicultural community, um, aspect. And it's just, I love what you're doing in the world. So take a minute just to tell us a little bit more about, um, why you're so passionate about this, how you, um, became, um, you know, an educator in this space and just Mm -hmm. take a moment so listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. So how I got passionate about this is, um, you know, the first place that kind of got me passionate about this topic is that I myself live as a mixed race person. And, and so just, you know, I had a very different experience growing up. I think Uh, I had an experience that was a lot the same as many other people, but I, as I grew, I started to see, you know, okay, everybody's experience is different. And I had a very unique kind of experience. And in college is when I really started, like, taking more of an active approach to my identity. Um, in high school, I did a little bit, but then definitely in college. And so I started to get involved with um, a nonprofit. And this was along with majoring in psychology and majoring in other things. Um, but I started working with this nonprofit group that's actually out of Southern California. They're called MASC. Um, it stands for Multiracial Americans of Southern California. Nice. And they, you know, it was started by um, 
two women, but uh, one of the women that stayed heavily involved um, was a Jewish mom of um, two young daughters who were Jewish and African-American. And she was like, gosh, I want an organization where families can come together and we can talk about this and we can, you know, advocate for our child and blah, blah, blah. So I got involved with that organization as a member and my involvement grew. And so I was kind of, you know, past president, past vice president. And what we found is that we would get a lot of families that would contact us and say, you know, do you have something for my teen? What can my teenager do? Um, they really need this, you know, organization because a lot of our stuff was for adults and parents, parents with young kids, oh, gotcha. um, you know, and so a lot of they were like, oh, my teen needs a group. Do you have a teen group? And then we would get emails from like other parts of the country, like, do you have a chapter of this organization in, you know, Idaho or whatever? And um, we would always have to say, well, no, we don't. And, you know, maybe check out this group or check out something else. And so for me, that really became important because I was like, wow, there really is a need out there beyond just Southern California um, for families just to get some help helping their kid understand what it's like to be mixed in America. And um, that's really how I got passionate about this topic specifically. So once I finished you know, my doctorate in psychology and I was working in all these different areas as a clinical psychologist very recently, then um, I pivoted from working with a nonprofit and doing some, you know, my own, you know, teaching and psych work to being like, okay, now I really want to focus on this because we, we knew it was a need and we really weren't able to fill it. And I think I can now, you know? Um, And so that's, that's where I kind of got excited about it. Yes. And I love, mm-hmm. I was just reading more about, um, you know, your story and I love how you shared yeah. about how you and your mom had these tensions when you were young and you were like, yeah. mom, I think we need some help. <laughs> and, and you like yeah. the word therapy, like started to come in and you're like, well, we yeah. never actually made it to therapy, but my mom was open. Right. And that's when I think the seed kind of got planted, right? That you were like, Oh, maybe, you know, yes. maybe there's, I'm, I'm an example of someone who would really benefit from having some support um, specifically with your, I think that's so often our story, right? It's like we build things um, Mm -hmm. that provide the support that we wish we had so freely, like easily, like on the corner, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it wasn't there when our parents were growing up, you know, our parents were raising us when we were growing up, all that kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, And I love how you say um, there was, um, you say, I want to help adolescents, young adults, and their parents recognize that they have the moxie to achieve progress, um, progress, change, and heal despite the multi-layered barriers they may face, which is so beautiful. Right. Such your message is such. Um, you, you're such like you have such an empowered, beautiful uh, vibe that I really oh, connect you. with. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yes. So, okay. Awesome. And that is important to me. Empower- empowering folks is important to me. I don't want them to feel like, Oh, what was me? I have a problem and you know, I need help. I want you to be able to be like, okay, I have a little bit of an obstacle, but you know, I can do this. Yes. Maybe I need a little guidance, but I can do it. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so for the parents out there who are mm-hmm. raising mixed re- raised kids, um, yeah. and 
And really, I would say, you know, hopefully there's more listening today that even mm-hmm. are like, hey, I just want to learn, right? I think that's yeah. the beauty yeah. of 2020 is like so many of yeah. us who aren't mixed race, who have white or light tan skin are start, you know, mm-hmm. really, there's been this beautiful conscious awakening of like, oh, we need to like learn. We need to take mm-hmm. time out of our week every every day, every week to learn more. And so mm-hmm. um, sure. I hope there's listeners who are listening in who maybe you have mixed race kids over for dinner or they're in your mm-hmm. neighborhood or they're your kiddo's right. bestie and it's like you're you're learning yeah. how to support them right so but this yes, is absolutely. so important so okay so um talk to us when it comes to helping kids with identity development and parenting mis- mixed race kids talk to mm-hmm. us about your first piece of wisdom which is the idea that parents create identity confidence in their children at home yeah so to me it, you know if this is a family that's raising a mixed race child. And some people use the term biracial. You can also hear the term multiracial just for like the audience to be like, oh, well, my kid's not mixed race, they're biracial. Like it's all the same thing. Right. Um, uh, honestly, the reason I use mixed race and why many of us in this field use that term is because biracial often refers to just two um, when someone can be mixed race and be a mixture of like more than two. So mixed oh, allows yeah. for more than two. Um, and then the idea that uh, biracial, at least in the research, often refers to a black-white mix. And then there's so many other types of mixes out there. So mixed race is, a, again, it's just a term that kind of catches everyone. So if this is a family that's raising someone, you know, who is mixed race, the reason I say that it's important to start identity confidence at home is because no matter what, when that child walks out into the world, they're going to get questioned. They're going to get pushed back. They're going to get, you know, um, you know, unfortunately, well, I guess worst case scenario, they're going to get some bullying. They're going to get some ostracizing. Um, they may feel like they're being um, rejected from certain groups. And so the only way that they can be ready for that is if they get to be, you know, shored up at home, you know, and feel that confidence at home with mom and dad um, or, you know, whoever's at home who's raising them to be like, look, it doesn't matter what anybody else says on the outside. This is who you are. This is how you understand it. This is how we believe it. This is how we support you. We got your back. You know, you're awesome just the way you are. So then that kid can walk outside and be like, say whatever you want. Like, I'm ready, you know, for, to a certain yeah. extent. Yes. And so to me, I, I, and I don't think, you know, it, it, it pains me to say, but a lot of times when I work, especially in my private practice, I see a lot of mixed race teens, but I see a lot of mixed race adults, you know, maybe late 20s, early 30s. And a lot of them bring up their concerns around, you know, how society treats them. And then they say, well, you know, my parent never told me this, or I never got to talk about that with my mom, or they made me, you know, maybe even the parents did some of the same things that society did at home. And so they're really trying to build that strength that they didn't get a chance to build at home, you know? So it just drives home the the point for me that when I meet someone who's like 30 something and they're like, gosh, I wish my parents would have helped me with this. I'm yeah. like, well, I, I want to be able to do that. Or, you know, I see how important it is. 
Yes, which is, yeah. gosh, it's it's beautiful because it, you know, it's kind of like breaking that generational cycle of like, oh, we don't talk about this. We just do, yeah. you know, we get by and, um, and we don't, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like, um, it's not that uh, parents don't, they're not intentionally trying to not prepare their children, but right. it's just that cultural norm of that time, right? And now yeah. so many parents who listen to this show mm-hmm. <laughs> are actively breaking those painful, painful generational cycles, right? And I always remind parents that painful generational cycles don't have to just be sexual and physical abuse. Mm -hmm, They can mm -hmm. be like the lack of educate or teaching or openness, right? Or actual relationship. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And you know, just to add to that real quick, I mean, some parents, they're really, they think they are approaching it where they say, if a kid comes home, you know, maybe the kid is seven and they say well so-and-so said I'm not you know whatever race that you are or they said I'm not allowed to be that and then the parent says you know what race doesn't matter you're you're just a human and and you don't you worry about that and they think they're helping because they're like just don't think about it all you're you tell them you're a a part of the human race and and the kid's like okay that's that's not going to work like yeah, I'm going to try it and then I'm going to get more bullied because people are going to be like, ha ha, of course we're all human, but you're, you're a human that looks like this and I'm a human that looks like that. So how do you explain that? And then the kid's like, I'm stuck again. So it's yeah. like the parents mean well sometimes, but it's like you got to go where that kid is trying to go and be able to tolerate it. You yes. Know, and it get the conversation. Yeah, and get the support, right? Like from incredible mm-hmm. professionals like you, because it's like you can't yeah. just you can't just figure that out on your own, right? Yeah. Um, right. I uh, had a beautiful interview with a sexual abuse prevention specialist. Mm. She was amazing last week. Her, her name is Rosalia Rivera, but I loved okay. the idea of she brought to the table of um, using movies to teach Mm -hmm. and that kind of comes to mind in this is like you know this is this is a hard like how do how do you everything you just said like when you want to instill this empowerment in your child but like really you whether you have adopted children that are a different race or or you're mixed race like you know with Mm -hmm. you and your husband or your husband your wife or um Mm -hmm. it can be really hard but sometimes movies can provide a wonderful backdrop to be like okay here's we're going to watch this together as a family and then we're going to talk about it how did they handle it what were the problems uh what were the challenges they faced and then Mm -hmm. you know in in movies are always like a wonderful there's always a um they are able oftentimes to like there's a crescendo and they handle it and (laughs) yes absolutely i loved that idea yeah it's a great point Parents, listen up. There is something very special coming soon that I'm really excited to tell you about, and that is our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program, where you will spend seven months getting personally mentored by me, learning, growing, and being poured into on every level as a parent. This program is very limited in seats due to its high level of support and mentorship, so if you're interested at all in expediting your journey from stressed to thriving as a parent, and you want to step into full ownership, embodiment, and advocacy as an empowered parent, I encourage you to go ahead and sign up for the waitlist to be notified when this program opens for enrollment. As a bonus for hopping on the waitlist, I'll send you my no-holds-barred cheat sheet, where I sum up the three most common fears and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered, thriving parent. 
Plus, parents on the wait list will get a special discount and bonuses when the program opens for enrollment in April. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to hop on the wait list now and I'll send you more details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cool. Okay. So um, talk to us about your second piece of wisdom, which is society does not make enough space for mixed race identity. So preparing your child for this reality is important to address. Yeah. Well, the reason I say society doesn't make space. So the way, at least American society, um, I won't speak worldwide, although I I do think there's some truth to this worldwide, Um, but society our American society has had a good history of breaking people up into specific racial groups and expecting you to just pick one of those and like you be in that group and then we assign all this meaning to those groups and, you know, maybe we even view these certain groups a certain way. And so, you know, most people don't know, like if we sit in 2020, we think, oh, yeah, I know what the racial groups are. There's white there. You know, it'll be like white slash, you know, non-Hispanic. And then it's black slash African-American. And, you know, uh, there's Native American, Asian Pacific Islander. And we think, okay, yeah, those are those are the groups. And those have always been the groups. They haven't. Our our census categories have changed for like the last, you know, more than a couple, you know, 200 years or something, we keep changing how we categorize folks. And it usually is to suit, you know, some political belief. Um, It's often very much rooted in our beliefs around race and unfortunately racism and who should be at the top and how do we distinguish who's going to be below that. And so over the years that's changed, but our mindset, at least in America, is like, you got to, what box are you in? Like, right. which category are you in? And um, we assign a lot of meaning to those boxes. And so this is why I say society is not prepared for a mixed race person to walk outside and then be like, oh, I check off two boxes. I check off three boxes. Right. You know, my, my mother is, you know, Japanese and Mexican and my father is white. And so I check all three of the, and everybody's like, what? No, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Like it's a computer. It'll only let you choose one. (laughs) We're like, Oh, we're not, we're not ready for that in my brain. I don't know how to process that. And so, you know, it's a, it's a big barrier. Um, and, and quite literally it's a barrier because a lot of kids, um, usually uh, the interracial couple will notice this first when they start to put their kid in school. So they've got a little child, you know, they're like, Oh, we're so happy. Little, you know, Jackson or Braxton, like these are common names right now. Like, <laughs> um, so little little Jackson's going to school for first grade and we got to fill out this form. And, you know, maybe mom is white and dad is black. And so they go to fill out, okay, and the, the school's asking, what's your child's racial background? And it says, choose only one. And the parents for the first time are like, 
oh, wait a minute, how do we, they won't let us, you know, check more than one box, so which one do we choose for our child? Because they're literally both of us, and mom and dad have to sit at the table like, what do we do here? Some parents get upset and call the school and be like, excuse me, you're not giving me the proper options here. Yeah. But some parents are like, well, I guess, should we just, like, guess what we think our child looks like? And that's the beginning right there of the whole problem that society does. We look at each other and say, well, you look this to me, so you must be that. So that's the only box that I think you should check. And so it it just, that's the barrier it creates for kids. And so we've got to be able to prepare the kids so that they know, right now, you know, your parents are not the same racial group, which means you're a mixture of two. And the majority of society is not that. Like, they're not used to that. So, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just you're going to be something new. And so let's help you get ready for that, you know. Right now in in the U.S., it's like maybe under 3% of the population has designated themselves as mixed race, which is like 9 million people. Really? Wow, that's crazy. It's It's under 3%. Yeah, let me. Is that just California? Mm. I'm pretty sure that's um, nationwide. Yeah, wow. um, that's from the last. We're gonna have a new census. 2020. Maybe it's because they choose. They choose the side, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. right. You do. So there, you're absolutely right. There are some people that know, perhaps. Okay, I know one. One parent is this, and one parent is that. But I'm just gonna check off this. But since you know, for a long time on the census, we weren't allowed to check more than one box. But in the year 2000, we were allowed to, and then 2010. And between 2000 and 2010, we had a big jump in numbers of mixed-race folks. And it's not just from new births. It's from people saying, oh, I didn't know that that we were allowed to do that now. So, yeah, we we really have about, you know, 9 million-ish folks in the U.S. that, like you said, have identified themselves as mixed-race. And so you got to be able to, uh, you know, and a majority of them are under 18. Right. So you, you know, so yeah. you've got to prepare a kid to be like, people are not ready for it yet. Especially yes. depending on where you live. And I love, again, I love your, your, um, your uh, vibe, angle, approach, whatever. <laughs> like your way of um, helping and, and families is like this, this um, coming at it from a source of a sense of empowerment of like, hey, this mm-hmm. hasn't been the standard for the last Mm-hmm. whatever hundred many hundred years um in thousands of years probably in the world but um mm-hmm. and and you have the ability to change that so let's mm-hmm. advocate for and let's make sure we pick up that phone and call that school and let right. them know that they need that additional box and right. you just got to expect it like this is yeah. something that I don't want you to be shocked by it and right. um and so I think there's kids respond so well when they just know what's coming right like it's the right. same thing with like schedules or routine like Absolutely. you know <laughs> It's stupid and it's not related, but kind of is to this discussion. But yesterday, uh, Mm -hmm. our schedule is changing all the time and um, we're trying to still figure out like school just started and we're distance learning. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is a drummer and she just went back to in-person lessons. And we forgot that we had changed her lesson to 2 p.m. on Wednesdays. And Terry and I are both working. We're like hopping off calls. And then I'm like, crap, it's 
156, we need to get you to drums. And she hates being rushed. And we're at, she was uh-huh. like, Wednesday, drums, 2 o'clock. I don't have drums on Wednesday. I was like, yes, you do. We changed it. And so we rushed her in the car. She was late to her drum appointment. And mm-hmm. we had to do a makeup for her later because I was like, right. I'm so sorry. She hates being late. But it's just an example of the idea of like, if she would have known what to expect, she wouldn't right. have been frazzled. Her body's yes. stress response wouldn't have gone off the charts. I mean, she was almost in tears on the way because she just gets oh, super yeah. embarrassed at 12 and a half. Right. Like, who's going to judge her? Um, so I can just see this being super powerful of like, just give your kids a heads up. Like, this is Absolutely. what to expect. And then when it's, when mm-hmm. it's not present, be an advocate, yeah. be, be the change. And then, um, if it is present, be like, yes, even maybe right. even celebrate and thank, maybe thank the school for having the box and making yeah. sure, you know, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, um, your third point of wisdom I am so embarrassed, but you are going to have to tell me what this means. Okay. Children will be judged by their phenotype? Yes, phenotype. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so helping children understand how their phenotype will be received is important. Yeah. So I, phenotype, I mean, it's a nerdy word, so I wouldn't expect everybody <laughs> to walk around and be like, my phenotype. But <laughs> phenotype is just the way that, you know, your genetics, your genetics came together to make you look the way you look. So phenotype includes, you know, skin color, hair uh, color and texture, eye color, all those things, like the way your nose is shaped. This is just why we might meet a, a daughter of um, two parents and then walk up to the child and be like, oh, you look exactly like your mother. That's the phenotype. Got it. So this is, to me, and to a lot of folks in this field, like that is the beginning piece of this whole puzzle what your mixed race child looks like. And, and this is where people start to push against this child because, um, you know, for, take myself for an example. I am mixed race with South Asian, if you know where Sri Lanka is, I'm Tamil Sri Lankan and African American. My phenotype, when people see me, first of all, many people are not, walking around knowing a bunch of Sri Lankans. Like, it depends on where you live, but it's a smaller yeah. population. It's a very small island, not a lot of Sri Lankans around every day. So when people see me, the first thing they, they read from my phenotype is that, oh, she must be an African-American woman. So then they treat me accordingly um, and, and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. ask questions accordingly. And if I were to uh, interact with, um, you know, like a, an Indian family... And um, they want to ask me some questions and I were to say, oh, well, you know, I'm also Sri Lankan. They might be like, oh, 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 really? You know, because they're looking and saying, right. oh, I didn't see that. And so you have a child has to be prepared. Look, honey, you are definitely, you know, let's, like I said, what was the example I used before? Mom is uh, mom is black and dad is white or I don't know what I said, but yeah. let's just say you sit down with those kid, that kid, and you're like, you are definitely both of these things. Yeah. Always, you always will be. But a lot of people in the world are going to think you're just fill in the blank. Let's say um, this child happens to look, quote, you know, their phenotype. Maybe they have just wavy, um, almost straight blonde hair, and they have really light skin, and their eyes are like. Uh, greenish brown or something 
And when everybody sees that child, they think, oh, you have a little white child. Oh, it's so cute. You know, nice to meet you. And then the father, I don't know if I said whoever is the black person. Yeah. Is, maybe mom was. <laughs> I'm getting confused in my examples. But let's say that other parent comes up and they go, that's your mom? That, or, oh, really? And so then does that mean you, I don't, I don't think you are. Maybe that kid at some point wants to go and play with, you know, other black children or something. And the kids are like, why are you trying to play with us? You're not black. And then she's like, yes, I am. Well, you right. don't look it. So yeah. you really have to, that, that's a big piece of this puzzle. Why so many mixed people get asked, what are you? Um, this is why they get often they get fetishized and exoticized like oh look at you you look so different and exotic and oh mm, and yeah. unfortunately this is why a lot of folks sit around and maybe wish oh one day I I hope I have a mixed child they're so cute and they're so exotic we don't, yep. yeah we don't want we don't want a, a, a you know it's not a doll and you're not creating some I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not a toy to be like, ooh, look how different my toy looks. You know, right. because that is a real human that then has to live in the world and walk outside where everybody else is going to be like, ooh, why is your hair this way? And what is yeah. your, why is, and so you've got to be able to prepare the kid at home. This is how they're going to see you. These are the questions they're going to ask because of the way you look. So let's just make sure you're ready to, to face that. You know, often I give a bunch of examples, but to think about pop culture, Zendaya is a young kind of, I think she might have been on Disney or something, but she's kind of a big celebrity now. And she talks quite openly. Um, She herself is a black-white mix, and she talks quite openly about how many people looked at her and didn't think, you know, they would not guess her background. They would not classify her as black. Maybe she might have had some ostracizing or lots of questions. And for her, she said she had two parents who were like, don't worry about what they say. Cool. Here we are. We are your parents. Look at us. We made you. That means you're part of us. Now we're going to help you feel the confidence to walk out in the world and be like, okay, yeah, you just don't get it. That's okay. You're a little confused by my face. That's all right. I'll help you out, you know. Uh, yes. And, so she, and that, she said, gave her the confidence to do a lot of what she's done in her career. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's cool. I like her. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, great. All right, let's move on to point number four, which is okay. mixed race. This is, this is, I can't wait to hear your wisdom on this one. Um, mixed race kids mm-hmm. do not need to choose one group over another. This is like so, I feel like so countercultural. It's yeah. fe- it feels like, right? Like again, all of, yeah. I'm just in this space of learning because obviously I cannot speak to personal experience with this, but what mm-hmm. I'm witness, I witness is that um, it seems like, you know, there's so much this pressure to like choose. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, yeah. Yeah, there is. There is so much pressure. Like I said, it starts with just the school form where, I mean, you can hear, I mean, I, because I've worked with that nonprofit, we would hear stories of either parents or the kids or the kids that were now adults talk about just sitting down to take a test at school and just sitting there with that question for like a long time and just being like, what what do I do? Or maybe even feeling so upset that it makes them want to cry or they just, Maybe it makes them angry and they want to skip the question. And I mean, it's such a simple thing. It's just a question. But the fact that when it says 
choose only one, it just brings up all this stuff of like, well, how can I do that? I can't do that. And so this really, again, that for the child, it really needs to be um, made clear to this kid. You don't have to choose one over the other because society is going to ask you to do that over and over and over again. Um, And the minute you think, you're in the clear another you know you're going to meet someone else it's like oh but but which one are you really and which one do you identify with more and oh well you're not allowed Mm. you know there's so many different ways that that question um of like forcing you into one box comes out and so we we want to empower the child especially from a very young age to know okay i don't have to choose because i'm already two things I, I can't yeah. that's what I always say they you you literally cannot choose yes because <laughs> you're, you're denying two. part of yourself yeah. right yeah yeah it, it, it's impossible there there are already two things into one we don't really so for terms again mixed race and then monoracial monoracial means both of your parents come from the same racial group right mm-hmm. we don't really ever go up to a family that's monoracial let's say Everyone in the family, you know, mom, uh, you know, mom, dad, in this case, and, and the kids are all um, Korean. We don't go up to the Korean child and say, well, which parent do you identify with more? Are you more like your, like, are you more your dad? Or are you more your mom? The kid's going to be like, I'm just me, first of all. Yeah. And why are you making me choose one side of my family? You know, we, we don't do that. We don't say, yeah. okay, but if you had to choose which side of your family are you really more like and, and what are you a part of that group? You're like, why would you want to do that? Right. You know, everybody, everybody would be up and on. But we do that with mixed race kids because our brain is just so stuck on racial categories. Yeah. If we could just erase, you know, step aside from the racial category, we would be like, oh, you're just another family with two, you know, with like yeah. caregivers. And why am I making you choose between your caregivers? We would never do that. Yes. And it's so yeah. like, it's again, like, you know, I always say it's cool to be an outcast. It's cool to be um, cult, anti, um, countercultural. Uh-huh. But like our pastor at church, he's, um, so he's mixed race. His, his, mm-hmm. I think his dad was black. His mom was white. His grandma mm-hmm. was Chinese. He wrote a book called The Third Option, but he's done and just hit his book is all about like uniting us in one image of God. Like we're it is there is no us versus them. And it's about like racial tensions in America. But he did. He's like he's done so much amazing work and is just so like empowering with like it doesn't have to be us versus them or, you know, this divisiveness. It really it's just we all are one like we really are. But yeah, um but yeah, that's, it's beautiful. And it, and it really does go deeper, right? I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. like one of those examples of like, if you happen to be listening to this and, and you don't have mixed race kids or you're not of mixed race, which I'm so happy you're still listening. Um, and it's like one of those examples of privilege where you don't never had to yeah. look at a thing and choose a box. And right. then from there, it gets so deep, like just a freaking box. And it's like right. gnarly, like it's going to make you question things. It's like your sense of belonging, which we teach so much mm-hmm. about here in positive parenting mm-hmm. of like, if you have a child whose belonging is they're questioning their belonging, they are mm-hmm. more likely to misbehave. They're more likely right. to get into stuff you do not want to get the, them to right. get into in a sense of belonging yeah. and, and, and to try to belong. 
And it just mm-hmm. is, is something that they definitely need support with. Right. right um, and right. it just, it makes me think too of, um, you know, uh, I was watching something and I just happened to be, you know, it's like you see it on, you see it on both sides, but like, you know, Kamala Harris coming onto the, the ticket, mm-hmm. like people are just like, did she choose black or did she choose white? Exactly. You know, and it's like people are nailing. I saw one, like one thing, um, <laughs> this like awesome activist in, I think he's in Georgia or Alabama or something. I found okay. him and I'm just like loving following him. He's hilarious and he's mm-hmm. doing insanely awesome work down yeah. there. But on, just on his thread one day, I saw someone say like, she chose white on her uh, thing. And it's like, I, I didn't know what to think about that at the time. I just saw the comment. But now in the context of this, I'm thinking maybe she was given a form. And in that moment, she had to choose and she was busy. And it was too deep to go into like her limiting beliefs about how she doesn't belong <laughs> in a world like who knows, like, that's yeah. crappy that she even had to choose if that's a true story, right? So yeah, I don't know. I, I was just gonna say, I'm not sure if it's just how true the story is. Because exactly she, her well, I mean, and her background, she and I have a similar background. So, oh, cool. I mean, apart from, you know, if it was not a politics world, I'm just, it was just kind of exciting to see someone in the kind of a public eye that yeah. is, you know, she's South Asian and black. And so she is um, Indian and I'm Sri Lankan, but so. Nice. So she, but you're right. So many articles are written about her. Um, like, how will she identify? And, oh, let's talk about her Indian grandmother or, you know, mm-hmm. grandfather. And, well, how, what does this mean for this and that? And it's like, she, you know, what I think is great, there's a quote out there of, of her own mother. So her mother was an Indian immigrant and, you know, raising two mixed-race daughters in Northern California. And her mom prepared them this is what I'm talking about because her mom sat at home and said, look, I am your Indian mother. You are Indian. Just like me. You are also Jamaican, just like your father. But when you walk outside, they're going to think you are not Indian. They're going to think you are, you are too, you know, you're, you and your sister are um, black, little black girls. And they're going to assume that about you. But let you listen to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you who you are. Beautiful. But you can be prepared to be treated that way outside. That's okay because you're also, you're still, it's still true. It's just not the full truth. Like, if someone were to come up to Kamal Harris and say, oh, well, you know, you're a black woman, she could be like, yeah, I am. Yeah. And I'm also. Right. Know. So it's, it's important to kind of, if she didn't have that preparation from her own mom, there would be similar battles at home and then she would have to face the same battles outside. And if nothing else, we want kids to feel like their home is their sanctuary. Yes. At least I'm safe at home. At least I'm understood at home. At least I'm accepted at home. At least I belong at home. I know yeah. my parents, you know, get me on some level. They, they, they created me, at least they're going to accept me what they created here. And then I can go out and feel, you know, safer in the world. Yes. Um, And yep. And hopefully those same parents are encouraging this next generation to create the things that are missing, right. To create the groups, to create the, the clubs, whatever it may be, the, um, to get that belonging out in the world too. But gosh, that's so much awesome wisdom, Dr. Jen.
Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Okay. Number five, um, mixed race kids should be encouraged to identify with all parts of who they are and it can mm-hmm. look different as they grow. Yeah. So that, I, I put that as a point because um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of researchers in the field of mixed race. Um, believe it or not, you know, lots of nerds that get into uh, wanting to study the experience and what it's mm-hmm. like, you know, to be mixed race in America. Really, we have research from all over the world, like mixed race in, you know, Canada and then United Kingdom. Um, but one of the things that we've noted is that people who identify as mixed race will change their identity over as they grow. Mm-hmm. So not only will this probably happen, but we should allow it um, and we should encourage it because again, they already are more than one thing. So they get to live in those spaces should they choose to. Um, Again, society is going to be like, oh, well, that's not right because, you know, you look, you look this to me. And so that's what you should just be forever. And you don't get to ever be anything else. And, this kid gets to be like, no, no, I, I am multiple things and I can try them on for size. Just like, you know, I don't think we ever say to someone who's, let's say, little girl, uh, who 
I don't know, plays soccer, but also does ballet. Okay, well, which which one are you? They're so different. So, yeah. are you a sporty girl or are you a ballet girl? Which one? She's like, but I do both. No, 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 no. You know, right. Like, but maybe there might be some years when this little girl is like, you know what? I'm totally all about ballet right now. Um, you know, parents, I want to take more classes. I want to take more types of dance. And maybe there might come a time when she's like, you know what? Actually, I'm over dance. I really want to go hard yeah. with soccer and maybe take soccer all the way to college or something, you know. And we allow the kids, okay, is that what you're into now? Okay, oh, cool. You want to do this? The same thing happens with racial identity, especially for mixed race, because we've got two parents. So, you know, yeah, there should be a period. Yeah, there's a period of time where the kids can be like, "I'm really trying to get to know my Filipino side. I'm into it. I'm learning about it. I want to, you know, read about it and watch music, uh, you know, films and dance and whatever else." And then maybe somewhere down the line, they're like, "Okay, well, now I'm really into my Mexican side, and I'm taking." you know, Mexican history classes at, at school and I'm doing Chicano studies and I'm totally into that. That's we awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But what people will do often is look at that kid and say, oh, you're doing Chicano studies, but I thought you were also Filipino. And they're like, well, I am. Right. Oh, well now, but you see, you're acting like you're not, you're just acting like, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm, I still am the same person I've been since I was born. Yes. I'm just reading about this and I'm learning about this doesn't erase or deny this other side and so we have to allow that that movement you know that's that's what we do with identity it, it moves it grows it changes um it's just that when we put racial categories on it people really get like oh my god oh that's so cool yeah that and it's again it's just another point that you have to have on your radar to discuss with your kids and be ready for it and be like yeah that's awesome right, right. like it's awesome i feel like um mm-hmm. You know, it's that's so so sad, like with Chad Chadwick Boseman's death yeah. this last week, right? Because I know, yeah. like, just watching like the kids in our block, we have a, a family who adopted um, kids, and um, they're mm-hmm. black. The parents are white, and I remember mm-hmm. when that movie came out, um, the little boy he was so stoked. You could see he was yeah. just like, "Yeah, I'm going," you know. With with this, I'm gonna like wear this or do this Aww. makeup or you know I like yeah I'm so stoked I'm so stoked on my African heritage you know and and it was like this beautiful moment that he was inspired you know to like learn more and and um, and yeah so yeah I love that idea of like um, just just allow for it and be expectant of it and then yeah. um, and then support it support the movement yeah. and the ebb and flow and don't think it's like. Um, oh no, they're not embracing this side just because they're like heavy in that. That's I think right. really important. Right. All right. You yeah, give us a great point. one last little bonus one and then we're going to call it a day. Okay. So, okay if parents okay. have difficulty talking about race when children um, with, then children will have a hard time forming their racial identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I see that over and over and over again. Um, again, because the kid was looking for the words. The kid is going to look for understanding and explanation from their parents. And if parents gloss over it, dance around it, you know, oversimplify it, um, then the kid is just at a loss. Like, okay, well, you know, I tried to, um, I I met this woman and she, um, she said her peers kept asking her, 
what are you? Like, you know, where are you from? What are you? And she was growing up with just her mother and her mother was um, Caucasian. I, I forget what her father was, but apparently, you know, of course she didn't look white to her peers. Right. So they kept asking her, what are you? What are you? And she hadn't met her father. And so she goes home to ask mom, like, why does everybody keep asking this? And instead of her mom sitting down and saying, look, this is what your father looks like. This is why you look like this. You tell these kids, you know, this, this, and this, because you're, you know, you get to be whatever you are. And I'm going to explain it to you openly. and I'm not going to be afraid of it. This mother instead said, oh, well, because you know, the daughter was like, well, you know, what am I? Oh, no, you, you don't have a color. We're colorblind in this family. Mm. We, we have no color. And so you tell them that you are beyond color. And, and so she was like, okay, that's... She said, actually, for a moment, it felt empowering. Like, right. I am, you know, I'm colorblind. That feels strong. But it still left her wanting because the kids were like, Okay, like you think you're colorblind, or you don't have a color that's weird, but but you do have yeah color. <laughs> we we see something, and you're not really giving us a good answer, but you gave us something, so I guess we'll leave you alone. But she said it left her kind of like hmm. It was working for a little bit, but then after a while, she's like, "This is not enough of an answer." But I don't yeah. know what else to say, and so that's where we really want parents to be able to have the words. And what's interesting is it does not. It doesn't matter the racial background of the parent. Sometimes this is just hard for every parent to talk about. In my view, a lot of times interracial couples, you know, they they fell in love and they're like, I don't care what your background is. Okay, well, I don't care what your background is either. And we're going to make it work and we're going to forge a, you know, a lovely relationship. And then the kid, you know, they have a child and then the kid comes and asks a question and they're like, Oh shoot! We never, <laughs> we never thought about this. Uh, how do we? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so then they try to like dance around it, and the kids like, yeah, that's not helping me. So to me, I, I think it's really important that that parent, you know, sometimes it's just as easy as as children's books. Yeah. There's some great children's books. Um, one of the most famous ones that I can think of right now is by Tay Diggs. Um, he wrote a book called Mixed Me. Um, his first book was called Chocolate Me, which is great. Um, and then he wrote a book called Mixed Me. And oh, it's, good. You know, it's a very empowering story for a little kid to learn about. I'm mixed. This is, you know, one side. This is the other side. And it's, a, it, you know, it allows the kid to be like, yeah, this is me. But what I like about it is that it gives parents the words. Um, and it helps the parent understand it. So as the parent is reading it to the kid. Yeah. You know, now both the kid and the parents have something to refer to later to be like, remember and mix me, that's you. And let's be, you know, let's empower you through this way. That um, book so sounds I, familiar. I was trying to see if we have it on our website already. Um, oh. I have a, a shop on the website that I, I guess oh, we, yeah. I guess we don't. So we'll add that one. And then if you have any others yeah. to recommend. Um, oh gosh, I'll, there's I'll, so many. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, there are, are quite a few because a lot of, a lot of, um, as you can imagine, a lot of couples or a lot of children's books writers are like, oh, I don't see a book that helps my kid understand their mixed identity. So maybe I'll try to write one. And so Tay Diggs is one of those people. Um, um, there's a few others 
out there that kind of have some good stories. Cool. I'll email you um, and then we'll make yeah. sure we put it in the show notes page and that we'll make sure we add it to the shop page of the Fresh Air Family oh, website. So, oh my goodness, you are such a light, Dr. Jen. Thank you for spending time with us today and thank you for sharing this wisdom and, and for supporting so many families, so many kids out there. You really are helping to just be such po- um, positive change in the world and we thank you so much for being here. Can you um, uh, tell listeners where they can find you? I know yeah. listeners love following Dr. Jen on Instagram. Um, you just have <laughs> such, again, like you are a very inspirational person to have in your feed. So make sure, make sure you guys go follow, um, Dr. Jen there, but tell us everywhere. We'll make sure we put all the links yeah. in the show notes, but, um, okay. tell us. Yeah, sure. So I am Dr. Jen Syke on pretty much all the platforms. So that's D-R-J-E-N-N. Uh, P-S-Y-C-H, so Dr. Jen with two N's. And so on Instagram, I'm Dr. Jen Psych. That's where I'm the most active and uh, do the most sort of stuff. Um, but I have Facebook and um, Twitter. And then my website is also drjenpsych.com. And that's where you can find out more about my coaching program that I have for parents of mixed-race teens. And uh, that's just an online program that does a lot of what we were talking about. It helps the parents prepare themselves to strengthen their child's identity so that they can, you know, survive in the world. Um, and so that's drgenpsych.com. And then, uh, well, actually, those are, those are the main places to find me. I have a small private practice in Los Angeles, um, but I'll, I'll refrain from giving that website because I hate to turn people away, and I am kind of full right now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So Dr. Jen Psych is the best place to go to find out, you know, more about how to work with me and, you know, seek engagements, that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Um, Well, thank you so much, listeners. Go find Dr. Jen. Um, Thanks again. And um, thank you so much for having me. This is fun. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 83. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, families, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I loved recording it for you. It's now time to join the waitlist for our Fresh Start Full Mastery Program that starts in April. When you join the waitlist, you'll get instant access to the No Holds Barred Cheat Sheet, three common fears and beliefs that hold parents back from reaching full fluency as an empowered parent. Plus, you'll get special pricing when the program launches in April. Just head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash full mastery to hop on the wait list now and I'll send you more details. As always, thanks for listening. Please share this episode with friends and family who you think would benefit by either texting them the link or screenshotting and throwing up a story over on Instagram saying why you love this episode. Just be sure to tag me. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy so I can say hello in the DMs and personally thank you for being awesome.